Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. A lot of us quit drinking and we expect weight loss. We see influencers online sharing before and after pictures and telling us how much weight we can lose when we get sober. Not everyone will lose weight when they quit drinking and some will even gain before they lose. It's all normal. In this episode, I'm discussing how the more we obsess and try to control our food, the more it backfires and prevents us from reaching our goals. You'll learn a little bit about my story with food and weight and how I've been able to let the obsession go. I'll also cover three points to keep in mind with wellness and three reasons why you might not be losing weight when you quit drinking. So let's dig in.
I've wanted to discuss this topic for a long time, but it's controversial and triggering, so I've been hesitating. But then I continue to see people in my community struggle with feeling upset about a lack of weight loss when they quit drinking, and I see people use the promise of weight loss to try to sell stuff, so I felt like I had to talk about it. I'm going to discuss weight loss in the least triggering way that I can, but if you are not comfortable with this topic, then please come back to this episode another time. I know that our relationship with food can be very sensitive. When I was drinking, my husband told me that he didn't think I really drank that much, but the problem was how much I beat myself up for drinking afterwards and how much time I spent thinking about it. I mean, first of all, remember, my initial moderation goal was to drink 30 drinks a week, and I couldn't even do that. So the amount that I was drinking was a problem. But my husband was right. The obsession made me miserable, and the more I suffered, the more I obsessed about my drinking. And by the way, with drinking, we can't get rid of the obsession, so don't get any ideas. And if you do, go listen to episode 99 again about how we can never be cured. I started obsessing over my body when I was 9 years old, and I started obsessing over food and dieting when I was 13 years old. The more that I obsessed, the more yo-yoing I did, which made me obsess even harder. The obsession is real though, and dieting can make us even more obsessed with food. A 1991 study looked at 50 weight loss patients and 50 controls who weren't trying to lose weight. They had them complete an obsessive-compulsive survey at the beginning of the study to show that all of the participants were similar and no one was struggling with OCD. Then, the weight loss group went on a 420-calorie-per-day liquid-only diet, and they tested them with the eating obsessive-compulsive scale to see how much they obsessed over food. The eating obsessive-compulsive scores were significantly higher in the weight loss group, The extreme diet caused them to obsess over food, increasing their cravings, and making it hard to stay on the diet. Now you may be thinking, well, that's a very extreme diet, almost no one does that. And yeah, it's an extreme example, but plenty of people try to drop to a thousand calories or just eat as little as they possibly can. Those are other extreme examples too. In my experience, I had a delay before I started losing weight after I got sober, and I can't remember how long, but I think it was a couple months. And then I lost about a half pound a week for a long time, which ended up being about 20 pounds of weight loss eventually. I never dieted. I changed my lifestyle. Before sobriety, I was always going on extreme diets or doing trendy things, like counting macros, and it just drove me crazy and made me obsess. And then the pendulum would swing the other way and I would go hard on the junk. While I was doing this though, I was in this weird denial where I kept insisting to myself that I was eating very little and then getting frustrated with my lack of results. But in reality, I was alternating between restricting and binging and neutralizing them. In sobriety, I started to understand that diets and quick fixes don't work. 
It's about small lifestyle changes that you can do forever. My first lifestyle change was a daily walk. That's it. And as I started to feel better from not drinking, I was able to see how my food choices were impacting how I felt. Before, I wanted mozzarella sticks all the time to cure my hangover, but in sobriety, I realized that mozzarella sticks don't make me feel that good afterwards, so now I don't eat them. If you're taking drastic measures to try to lose weight, then it's not something that you'll be able to maintain forever, and you may be convincing yourself that you'll figure it out later once you've hit your goal, but look at your history. Has that worked out for you before? Why not try focusing on small lifestyle shifts and see how that works instead? We are very impatient people, and we want our rewards right now. We use alcohol to get what we want immediately, and in sobriety, we feel frustrated and disappointed when we don't immediately feel better or lose a bunch of weight. How many years did you treat your body like crap for? It's going to take more than a couple weeks for your body to heal. It's really easy for us to transfer the obsession over to weight loss and food, but I really want to urge you to prioritize wellness instead of weight loss. Focus on feeling good and your lifestyle will naturally shift. Crash diets don't work because they don't teach you anything. You starve yourself or you do some fad diet, and when you hit your goals, you go right back to your old way of eating. But that way of eating doesn't maintain the body that you want. A 2012 study looked at dieting and wanted to see if dieting makes you gain weight and if genetics played a role in that. They followed over 4,100 twins for nine years. They found that genetics influenced their starting BMI, but not BMI over time. And the more weight loss attempts that someone had, the more their BMI increased over time. So the more that we try to exert control over something, the less control we end up having. Like with our drinking, for example. I observed that when I was able to improve my mental health and let the weight obsession go, I was finally able to see lasting results and have body confidence and just not have it control my life and my thinking all the time anymore. A 2021 study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry looked at the impact on diet and fitness apps on mental health. This was a small study, but they found that when participants use these apps, they had eight negative consequences. A fixation on numbers, rigid dieting, obsession, dependency on the app, high sense of achievement linked to staying under their calories, extreme negative emotions, getting motivation from negative messages like being over their calories, and excess competition. The participants said that they focus on getting their macros to be exact, and they eat the same food every single day, and that it made them develop this idea of safe foods. They had anxiety attacks because of all the tracking and felt rewarded and had a sense of achievement when they ate below their numbers and stayed in the green. And if you've used these apps, then you know it turns red when you go over your calories or your macros. 
and the red made them feel ashamed and embarrassed. I used to track too because macros were really popular on Instagram and it just felt like it was the right way to do it. But the apps drove me absolutely insane. I became food obsessed and I had cravings to binge all the time. I remember the day when I deleted the apps for good, I felt so much peace. I can still see that moment like it's a movie because it was so important for my mental health the day I deleted those apps for good. Towards the end of my drinking, before I deleted the apps, I worked with a health coach and it was a very bad experience for me. I got the exact opposite of what I wanted from the experience and her methods brought back disordered eating behaviors that I hadn't experienced in like a decade. So please be careful when you're working with anybody on your health because their methods may not work for you and you want to make sure that they are educated and qualified to work with you. And like I said, I can't track macros. It does something to my brain and makes me lose my mind. And that's good information to have about myself. Food and weight obsession can also trigger the efforts, which makes us go back to drinking. You're doing a lot already by not drinking. I want you to focus on that. A deprivation mindset can be very triggering for us. And that's why I'm encouraging you to focus on wellness and how you feel, not on your weight. Wellness is about your lifestyle and adding healthy habits to your life so you feel good. If you found yourself obsessing over food and weight, then I encourage you to delete the tracking apps and see how you feel. Maybe take a break from the scale too and reach out to a therapist. So here are three reasons why you may not be losing weight after you quit drinking. Number one, your body is healing and it may have been malnourished before. Alcohol is toxic to the body and when we drink it, our bodies prioritize eliminating alcohol over doing most other things. If you listened to my episode on gut health, Then you learned how alcohol negatively impacts the gut and decreases nutrient absorption. So all of this could mean that you've come into sobriety malnourished and your body is trying to catch up. Give yourself time to heal without pushing yourself again with more all or nothing thinking. The second reason that you may not be losing weight after you quit drinking is because you've replaced alcohol with junk. We are really skilled at not being honest with ourselves and believing our own crap. I used to say all the time that I was doing everything right but not seeing results and it kept me in victim mentality where I had no control or power over my own life. In reality, I was binging from all the restriction and the obsession and that's why I wasn't seeing any results. And the third reason, you may have a health condition or be on medication that influences your metabolism, your hormones, and your hunger levels. For example, if you're perimenopausal or you're on antidepressants, then these things can make it more difficult for you to achieve your goals. It doesn't make it impossible, just harder. So if you're concerned, then that's something that you should talk to with your doctor. Tell them about your goals and what you're doing and get their opinion. I believe 
that you will be able to achieve your goals if you focus on wellness and you shift your thinking to long-term solutions that you can do forever instead of a quick shortcut. So here are three things to keep in mind as you start to prioritize wellness. First, in my experience, if you eat kale and other healthy stuff for a month, then your taste buds will start to adapt and you'll actually enjoy that food. I love kale. I think it's great. If you don't like kale, maybe you'll really like spinach if you give it a chance. It's the same thing as what I described in episode 170. Alcohol makes our reward system go nuts. And in sobriety, the reward system has to recalibrate. Natural rewards aren't going to feel great in the beginning because your brain is used to the extreme immediate reward from alcohol. But over time, your brain heals and natural rewards are rewarding again. Same thing with food. We get used to the immediate reward and the amazing taste and texture from all of these processed foods. So real food isn't very satisfying for us mentally. But if you give it a chance and you stay consistent, your taste buds will adapt and you'll actually enjoy real food again. The second thing to keep in mind is be realistic. Ask yourself, can I do this behavior long term? Am I willing to do this thing 80% of the time forever? If the answer is yes, then it's a great habit to start building. But if the answer is no, then stay realistic. I suck at running. I wish that I could run because it's cool. It seems like people who are good at running are cool people, but I don't care enough to go through the suffering in the beginning and my little asthmatic lungs. I just, I just can't do it. So I'm not going to build a fitness plan that involves running because then I'm setting myself up for failure. I also don't really like cooking very much, so I'm not going to make a plan that involves a lot of cooking. So be realistic about who you are, your strengths, your limitations, and your likes and dislikes. Don't just try to adapt someone else's lifestyle that you saw on social media. And third, the more that you resort to unhealthy, unsustainable methods, the more that you're going to torch your muscle mass. And this slows down your metabolism, meaning that you burn less calories from just existing. So now you have to eat even less to maintain your weight. It's a horrible cycle. But changing your lifestyle preserves or increases muscle mass depending on what you're doing. More muscle mass means a faster metabolism. I love lifting because it makes me feel empowered. I love doing something that I didn't think I could do, and I know it's going to help me age well. A bonus is that it may be speeding up my metabolism slightly over time. My overall message here is just please be gentle with yourself. Beating yourself up and obsessing over weight loss is not going to get you there. Think about what you did to get sober. You were probably very kind to yourself. And if you're in your first six months of sobriety, especially the first three, then I would encourage you to just focus on not drinking for now. Maybe implement some healthier lifestyle choices when you can, but don't overcommit yourself or you're going to be tempted to press the F it button. A lot of sober people have health goals too, because we become more health conscious when we get sober. So we started having a monthly health goals meeting in my community. 
The first meeting was really, really special, and that's what inspired this episode, and now it's a regular thing. So feel free to join us if you would like a judgment-free, safe space to talk about your health goals. So remember, when you're tempted to get frustrated about a lack of weight-related progress, I want you to maybe make an appointment with a therapist if the obsession is really starting to take over your life. And I want you to pause and remind yourself that it's about wellness. It's about things that you can do most of the time forever. And as you adapt your lifestyle to be healthier, you will start achieving your goals. As long as those goals are realistic. So spend some time thinking about one lifestyle thing that you can do today that would support the kind of life that you want to have, like maybe taking a daily walk. And I will talk to you in the next one. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.